0: the storm, and once it was broken and spilled out, a fragrance filled Set.
1: Thank you. If, you. if Jason works at Emory um, and he teaches at Orbit, has two full-time jobs, wouldn't you say? Uh, if you don't know what Orbit is and you're new, uh, Orbit is a performing arts academy that meets in our mezzanine level. Mitch, did I get that correct this morning? I, I've been told not to use the word basement. They, they meet in the first level. And they also meet across the street at our province place, which we've all are redoing. And uh, hopefully, long term, the three-story building, we've not done much to it yet, will be a youth center. And uh, you'll be praying about that, and, and uh, we're excited for it. I think it's close to 300 than 200 now, Chris, is that correct? 250, 270. I'm a Baptist preacher, so about 700 kids are down <laughs> That's the way we were. I heard about a pastor that uh, he had a problem. As the story goes, he was criticized because he supposedly went to a meeting that his wife was attending and he forced her to leave because he didn't like the meeting. So people were talking. And his name was Mud. And so social media was a buzz. And in self-defense, he posted this ad or this post on Facebook. In the first place, I never attempted to influence my wife as to her choice of a meeting. In the second place, my wife did not attend the meeting in question. In the third place, I did not attend the meeting. In the fourth place, neither my wife nor myself had any inclination to attend the meeting. In the fifth place, I do not now have and never have had a wife. (laughs) So, People will fight and debate over all sorts of things. Some of them true and some of them not true at all. But it is hard to fight the truth. And we gather each week hoping to learn some truth and apply it to our everyday living. Jesus in 8.32 said, "You You shall know the truth and the truth will make you free. It helps our lives when we learn what God thinks about us and what He can do with us. Proverbs 35, one of my favorite Old Testament verses, puts it this way, every word of God proves true. Every word. He's a shield to those who take refuge in Him. So we gather to hear the truth, not what I think, not what somebody says, but what God does. Before we do that, let's pray together. Father, we can get lied to and do on a regular basis all sorts of ways. Help that to never happen. You've never lied to us and help me to rightly divide your word. Help us, Father, to search it and to know what it is that you want for our lives how to live, how to be, how to act, how to react. So, Father, teach us with your truth today a great story. Help us to draw closer to you because of it and because of who you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, sometimes as Christians, we either forget the truth. We're never taught the truth, or we ignore the truth. Scripture teaches that we are more than conquerors. If you know Scripture, does it say that? Somebody say yes? Okay, I just want to make sure you're awake. It teaches we're more than conquerors, yet sometimes we might feel conquered. Scripture says that we have power as children of God. But in some situations and circumstances... We might feel powerless. Scripture says that God is always with us. And yet, sometimes we might feel distant or alone. It depends if we choose to believe the truth or not. Today I want to look at one of my favorite Old Testament stories. And after we look at it, I want us to see the truth that we can apply to our lives from the story. The story's done in 2 Kings chapter 4. It says, A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elijah, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord, and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. Elijah said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? She said, Your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil, likely olive oil, which they use for all sorts of things. Then he said, Go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Don't gather just a few, and when you come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons, and then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full one. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil stopped. Then she came and told the man of God and he said, go and sell the oil and pay your debt. You and your sons live on the rest. That's what happened and I love the story because I think it can prepare us for everyday living. Let me explain. The story begins by teaching us that good, even good people have problems. The lady's husband was a prophet that evidently worked with Elijah. We're told that he feared the Lord. We're dealing with a good family here. And the good family had big trouble. The breadwinner is gone. A debt that is owed cannot be paid. And now, according to the law, legally, the creditor could come and take her two sons because she could not pay the debt. And she needs help. It's important to me that we're prepared for problems. Because if you read Scripture, you know that even God's people have problems. Sadly, today, you could... Turn on the television and see somebody tell you, and it's pretty popular, that if you have enough faith, everything's going to be great. You're going to have more money than you need, your kids are going to be perfect, and you're going to just go on all these great trips, and everything will be perfect. And your life will not always be this even though some say it will be. And the reason I tell you this is because Scripture teaches us that, well, teaches us the truth. For instance, from John 16, 33, Jesus said this, In this world you will have tribulation. You will. But be of good cheer, Jesus said, I've overcome the world. The truth is, as a child of God, you'll have difficulty. But as a child of God, you'll be able to endure. That's the whole truth behind Philippians 4, 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That means you'll get through anything get through. Back to our story. The destitute widow had a problem and now she's smart enough to seek godly wisdom, godly counsel for her problem. And there's a great lesson there. Seek help in the right place. Unfortunately, we live in a world that many people seek help in the wrong places. Some as soon the problem comes turned to alcohol. Some, as soon as a problem comes, turn to drugs. Some, as soon as the problem comes, turn to worldly wisdom. Or what can I do about the situation? I even knew a person in Indiana whose mother spent tens of thousands of dollars on psychics to help her with her problem. So, I love what she does. She went to Elijah, the great prophet of God. And that's where she found him the answer to a problem. So as he comes to the house and tries to figure out what to do, he asks, what do you have? And she says, oil. And olive oil would have been used for cooking, and it would have been used for medicine, and it would have been used for fuel, and it was a great commodity to have, and she just had a little bit of it. And uh, Elijah has a plan. You know, I'm going to multiply this oil, so go get it because it is interesting and this is biblical if you have a cabinet at your house that looks like this it is a biblical cabinet you got one of those <laughs> is there a law leave your wife alone leave you dead. we just redid our kitchen and to redo our kitchen we had to when you redo the cabinets i learned you have to redo everything that goes in them is that a law my wife told me that was a law so everything had to be there. And so the Cool Whip containers that we threw out, you know, it's against the law to throw those out. (laughs) And you just shove them in the cabinet, and you open the door, and it comes out at you. So it's biblical to save them. And so they did then too. And so he tells her to go get them. I love that she was obedient, even though it didn't make sense. Why all of those containers when this is all we have? Seems a logical question, doesn't it? It's like when they had five little pieces of fish and two loaves of bread. Jesus said, we'll take care of it. Just have them sit down. And the disciples had them sit down. They didn't ask a question. They didn't say, Jesus, that's really not a good idea. They had them sit down. We don't have to. But we have to be obedient. And so she was. And she sent her boys out and they came from the neighbor's house with all sorts of things, all sorts of containers. And her obedience was rewarded. The oil multiplied. And from a little vessel, they filled a lot of bigger vessels. So that part of the story... I'm pleased to remind you, God can do anything. God can do anything. And yet we give up. Or we don't ask. Or we forgive. But the truth is, God can do anything. Psalms 24.1 puts it this way. The earth is the Lord's and all that is in it. All in the world and those who live in it. And if God wants to do something with someone in it, or something in it, He can do it. And that's the truth.
0: Isaiah 55,
1: 8 and 9 puts it this way. You know these verses, when things don't make sense, why should I do that? God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. For if the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than yours. I love Colossians 1, 16 and 17 about the the role of God in our world. For in Him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, all things have been created through Him and for Him. He Himself is before all things and in Him all things hold together. I love that. All things hold together, the So today I want to remind you that God is bigger than you think. Bigger than I think. So how do we tie this in? We've been talking about God's great expectations of our lives. How do we tie this to that? God expects us to have faith. God expects us to have growing faith. To have real faith. To look for Him. Proverbs 3 says this in verses 5 and 6 that we are to trust the Lord with all our hearts and lean not on our own insight and all our ways acknowledge Him and He'll make straight our paths. In the great chapter of faith in Hebrews 11 we are told this about faith. Without faith it's impossible to please God and if you want to please God you better have it. Without faith it is impossible to please God for whoever would approach Him must believe that He existed, that He rewards those who seek Him. The widow did and look how it turned. And when Christ was coming into the world before He began His ministry, got a group of shepherds on the hillside in Luke chapter 1, a group of angels said this, For with God, nothing is impossible. Does your faith really believe that? And if it does, how can you act upon that? God expects us to believe the truth. And our faith should be the first place we go. Everything we do and everything we see should be seen through the lenses of our faith. I met with a new friend this week. He is a widower now, and he's young. And he has two boys that are Jacob and Joshua. We'll pray for Jacob and Joshua. They're not in kindergarten yet. So five and three, four and two. And there he is with two little ones they a family of faith with a long road ahead. But as I sat there with Justin, I thought about my story. I thought about my mother passing when I was little. And I thought about the journey God took me on and how He took care of us all along the way. Because I was once one of those little boys I sat there thinking Justin it's gonna be okay it's gonna be okay now 50 years have passed but it's okay I see what God has done my faith should also know not just what he has done but what he will do as we look forward when in prayer request we talked about Josh McIntosh being cancer-free in Mississippi. Jeannie read to us Wednesday night a post that his mother put on Facebook keeping people connected. People praying all over the world for Josh. And at the end of every post that Peggy gave through good news and bad news, good days and bad days, the diagnosis, the treatments, and now the remission. She always ended it with the tag God's got this. God's got this. Whatever your situation is, have faith to know.